0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Get the Bag podcast, episode seven. Let's We're go. Moving on up, yeah. I got got I got my co-host Tim Park uh, repping the the Chiefs. Yeah, baby. Just, uh, who just won the Super Bowl? That's I'm it. Your, man. <laughs> I'm your host, Claudia Castro, uh, and we have a really great episode for you all today. Um, how to pick your real estate market, or you know, finding the right real estate market that works for you. Obviously, where uh, most of our businesses is, is uh, wholesaling, but this can apply to any other strategy, I think, um, even commercial, uh, I believe. So we're going to unpack some tips that we have for you, some tips that have worked out for us. Um, but before we go- get all into that, make sure you follow us, uh, hit the subscribe. Uh, you know, we have our IG handles right uh, to our right uh, of our screen let us know. Yeah. If you have any questions, hit us up. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, but all, you know, I, I like to say it helps with the algorithm, but you know, make sure you tap that like button and like this video. So, uh, without further ado, how to like how to pick the right market. So what, what kind of, uh, talk to us maybe Tim on what your process was before, like when you got started, um, into, in wholesaling, like how you chose, why you chose your markets, we'll go into that and then maybe go specifically into what markets you're in now.
1: Um, yeah. So I think, um, for me, when I first started, uh, it was a little bit different. So, um, I think Chris Jefferson, shout out to the you and Chris Jefferson, but when he was, you know, when I first got it, he was just telling you kind of, you know, work in your backyard, um, because you live there. And you kind of know the area already. So um, it would be probably best to do that. As you know, um, we live in Los Angeles, so it's a more competitive market. Right. And, um, but, you know, I chose to stick with um, LA. And then eventually I branched out to other markets. But how I picked those other markets were based on my comfort level. Because I used to live in those markets. Like I grew up in right. Kansas City. That's why I rep in KC all the way. Um, so <clears throat> I know that <clears throat> the city's gonna go bananas today because they got their parade, but um uh anyway, no, I, I picked those cities because I was more familiar and I could talk to sellers um in a way to build rapport in that way um You know, I could talk about what streets were there or I can say, you know, I haven't been in town for a little bit, but we buy in those areas and stuff and, um, you know, just talk about different um, locations, um, you know, because if you're in a new market and you don't know much about it, you have to rely on other um, people to give you that information. And we'll go into that, too, when you're blindly going to a market and what you can do to educate yourself on um, that market as well too but those were the main things but um, some of the tools that we'll talk about today um, helped me you know close deals in those markets because I had to make sure that there was house selling or what how many mm-hmm. what cities to target within that uh, market so um, there's a lot of factors right. that go into it what about yourself yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, that's spot on. I mean, at least when I got started, um, it was um, I also kind of did in in my backyard because virtual wholesaling, uh, I think that had just started becoming a thing even more. Like people were adding that into their business because I think before COVID, people were in their backyard working heavily in their backyard. And then COVID happened. It's like, oh, snaps. Like, what are we going to do? And then they started learning or adding the virtual wholesaling, which is really the same as any wholesaling. As long as you have a tight process, you can, it, it's the same amount of time. It's actually more efficient because you're not having to, um, you know, drive to the sites, you know, or drive to the properties. You, you're able to, you know, be a lot more efficient. Everything is done electronically. Um, right. But I think when we got started, it was like, yeah, start off in your backyard, get to know the process a little bit more. And so for me as well, I think at the time I got started, I was living in the Sacramento area, which is Northern California, uh, which is, uh, which I'll break down this later, but it's a secondary market, meaning it's not a heavily condensed populated city. Um, It's sort of like, it's a secondary, uh, market. So it's, mm-hmm. it's somewhere in the, in, in the middle. Um, and so th- that I think I was really helpful for, for me. So I pulled a list in that area and then the other secondary markets, w- um, between the Bay area and Sacramento. So Sacramento is up Northern California. Uh, mm-hmm. and then like the Bay area is, is a little bit down below. So I, I chose markets in between those two major areas. Um, and that's how I closed my first deal was in that, um, was in one of those like smaller cities, mm-hmm. um, and you know from there, then I kind of was like, okay, then I think virtual wholesaling started becoming more of a more than a buzzword, and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, like you can actually do this. Um, and for me, I just kind of got into it. I did all the things, like I think I got into Columbus, Atlanta. Um, and I think that's one of the tips as well as the kind of don't jump on the bandwagon either. <laughs> like just because somebody says, hey, I'm closing deals here doesn't mean you should be jumping in that too, uh, right. especially if you don't have like the systems behind you. And for me, I just like like you were saying earlier, drove blindly mm-hmm. um, and picking these markets without having boots on the ground, without understanding like what areas were were safe and not safe and, um, you know, like just understanding the neighborhoods. I I had no idea. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it took some practice. I, I, you know, I struggled with virtual marketing because again, for me, I didn't have a team. I didn't assemble a team uh, to start off with. That was a little bit difficult for me and like finding a reliable boots on the ground. Um, obviously like I didn't know how to reach out to agents or like, I, you know, I just, I just didn't have it all together. That was kind of yeah. pretty much my first year. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's at the, that's a common thing. Um, and so I think what we're gonna break down today, I mean, a lot has changed even the last year in terms of how we're approaching uh, finding a market. But um, you know, I, I think you, there's d- better ways to work smarter instead of having to figure it out, having to assemble a team. Why don't you just join somebody who already has a team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I, I started. Um, and so I was all over the place. And then finally I kind of like had a pullback and now the markets I'm in specifically, I'm in uh SoCal cause you know, I live here now. So I, th- I still think like it's helpful to kind of, um, especially if you have a connection. So if, with you, you have connections to buyers. That would be mm-hmm. the only reason why if we both didn't have connection or if you don't have connections to buyers, I probably wouldn't pursue this market.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so for me, it's like if you have relationships in, with people in specific markets, that's a good advantage for you. Um, so that's one market. I have another market up in Northern California um, that I've started to pick back up again because I have a specific buyer who I basically JV with. And that's an easy, mm-hmm. that's just easy deals right there that I right. can that I can work on. I have Tennessee, which has kind of become all wholesale, but I, um, it's kind of become my, um, a buy and hold sort of, uh, market where, uh, you know, if the, if the opportunity presents itself, if I have to wholesale it, I will. But the main goal is to, bu- to actually like buy something there creatively. Um, so that's kind of my, my Tennessee. And then I just opened up a new market working with, um, my buddy Chuck in Florida oh, and, cool. then and then we're you and like just partnering up with him. So those are kind of my main areas I'm focusing on right now. Uh, and I, I think again, I've just learned to simplify it. I think for starting out because there's so many distractions, so many people, people want to, um, say, okay, do this, do that. And like, that was really confusing me. And so I just kind of had to just simplify my process and, and work not as hard work smarter.
1: No, I think, um, you know, what you had described is very similar to me too. And, um, just understanding like okay well if i'm going to expand into another market you know what are the factors that i need to look at right and um i think a lot of people like you said jump on the bandwagon whoa what yeah. market are you in because they're seeing people do deals there right and they're not thinking about all the other things that go into when they pick that market right they're just right. looking at that uh in uh outcome right of that particular person that's doing it within our our group or whatever the case may be, right? So, right. and then they want to jump on the bandwagon. I think what was it a year ago or something? What was the city that everybody was trying to move to? Oh, like, Birmingham. Birmingham.
0: That was everyone's like trying to wholesale there because they said, yeah. "Hey, everybody's in Birmingham." <laughs> everybody
1: was. In, it was like it was on YouTube. It was on everything. And then, like, we're like to stop going there. Like, it's you know, it's just crazy. It was. It was. A, it was bananas. Not to say yeah. it's
0: not a hot market. It's just no. like you need to have your process, your systems. Right. Um, and I think we had a uh, we kind of wrote down a, a point or a question is like, well, how do you find that right market? Have you find Have you know when something is a hot market? And I think um, the the biggest thing is like, okay, are there cash buyers? That's the easiest way that you can identify 100%. that, and that's the the easiest way to check is li- the list source hack. If you haven't already, mm-hmm. just literally YouTube list source hack, and there's plenty of videos that you can find uh, where you're able to to do the hack and see the hottest zip codes where cash buyers are, are paying. The other one is PropStream. For the most part, everybody has PropStream, or just mm-hmm. ask a buddy to be like, "Hey, can you put in this city and see if there's if there's a good amount? Like, you know, you know, it's a hot market when like there's been sales in the last three months, and it's like all over the place. So that's kind of a really like super simple way to see okay this is this a hot market now you can go deeper um now this is something i would have probably recommended a year ago is like hey do your research um, mm-hmm. target you know uh areas where it's um you know there's there's sales going on there's cash buyers uh, you know know your market no no uh, understand the community is there development is there mm-hmm. uh you know i think i've been put down chamber of commerce which kind of kind of lists out like what's happening in the city um, you know, looking up into the census data, but I'm kind of scratching that now at this point. Cause I, I had written that, that out, uh, and like understanding your primary, your secondary mm-hmm. tertiary markets, mm-hmm. your primary markets being your bigger populated cities. And then secondary is kind of like somewhere sweet in the middle. That's like not too congested, but it's hot enough. There's enough buyers happening. Then tertiary right. is more like uh, rural, um, you know, way out in the neck of the woods. So, you know, that would have been my recommendation last year. Mm-hmm. And, but I still wrote it down because I think it's still good to know. But and and this is something we've been talking about in the U. Is like forget all that, build out your process or understand your marketing channels, like whether you text or you cold call. Mm-hmm. But reach out to somebody who's experienced in those markets, so you don't have to like waste your time researching. Yeah, reach out to somebody, and like the example is like you know my my guy Chuck, in Florida. Him mm-hmm. and I have like been talking forever, and I was like, you know what, like I should just team up with you. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm really interested with land. I don't have to deal with tenants or anything like that. And he just told me, okay, like like we're we're uh, I just pulled a list the other day. He just said, okay, I have a builder buying in these areas. Pull a list for this. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And now I'm I'm using the same marketing channels I do already. But now it's like he already has his team. He has like a title company. He has like uh, people that he uh, bought builders that he connects with. Right. So why would I waste my time research, especially if I'm starting out? And the only reason why I'm doing it now, even though I'm, I'm, I would consider myself experienced or, you know, we've been in the game for a minute. Right. Is because... I, ha- I still have a job. I don't have the time to research. That would take me hours to like really research, find a team, reach out to agents. Like I could still do that. But, and, and if the opportunity presents itself, but I'm like, I'm trying to like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to go, I'm trying to close yeah. as many deals as possible. So if if you're just starting out and you are trying to figure out a market, Reach out to somebody in those markets that's closing deals that, you know, now you'll have to do your due diligence, but reach out to those people, build relationships, see how you can add value and then be like, okay, what, what list do you need? And focus on the acquisition side, if that's what it is. Some people like disposition. I know like your dispositions guy, that's like Mm -hmm. your, your bread and butter is like building relationships, but like, Hey, if, if, if there's value you can bring right away. There's nothing like bringing a lead. Like Tim, you're not. If I bring you an LA lead, you're gonna be like, no, nah, I, can't, I can't work that. Like you're not. You're, like, who's gonna <laughs> no. say no to that?
1: Right, um, right. Exactly. So
0: that's kind of what that's the business model I'm leaning into uh, this year. Is like yeah. I'm JVing the crap out of everything. I don't care because I just closed a deal uh, what last week or the week before mm-hmm. where I did it on my own and that that shit was terrible not it wasn't terrible i mean the money took a lot of time it took so much time and effort like i could have just passed this on to someone. imagine if i would have passed this on i'll take you know seven eight k over you know 15k if if needed because of all the time that's needed so that's where like it's not about the money it's not about the hustle it's Mm -hmm. about like building a structured business model that that works that's efficient Mm -hmm. that you can scale That's that's the biggest thing. So it's funny because I wrote down these notes and I was telling you, like, oh, we're, you know, um, let me put down some things. But like when I think about it, I'm like, guys, you don't have to waste all this time.
1: (laughs) I think you you bring a good point up because it's um, definitely the strategies that we use, like the tools we use can still work. It's just like if you already have someone in that market pulling lists, or if that you have someone already has a relationship with like developers or buyers in that area and knows a good title company or escrow company, you might as well just team it up if you locked up the deal. Right. Right. And they will be able to tell you one, if you locked it up too high, especially if you're in the beginning or two, um, you know, uh, actually see the property as well. If they're, uh, local to that property or have someone that they know can go look at the property that they trust too. So right, right. that these are all like small little things that are going to excel you further and do more deals because you're, you are teaming up. And I think the stri- the strategy of, you know, um, researching, it does take a lot of time, especially you mentioned not having a nine to five. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are new to real estate wholesaling and still have a nine to five and don't know how to spread out their time to do that right or like where to, do to start
0: like yeah there's no introductory video on like there, there may be some um i'll take that back i'm sure there's some but sometimes you know you get caught up in a wormhole going through youtube university mm-hmm. so um you know for us, you know, we joined a community which, which is already an advantage. We have a whole network of people. So if you haven't joined a community, it's definitely worth it. Um, you can definitely do it on your own and just reach out to somebody on social media who's closing deals um, and be like, what do you need? Like what areas? And you may be a, um, a novice or, you know, kind of a beginner in the, be- in the beginning, but you're going to learn a lot by working with this person. Like mm-hmm. just from the the one or two months I've started working with um, Chuck, I've learned I'm learning a lot about the uh, whole vacant land process mm-hmm. and what to look out, what what questions to ask. How how can I um, ask better questions for sellers? I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward with land. You don't need to ask mm-hmm. go through a property condition. It's more like you know what's the condition of the land itself. Um, mm-hmm. But just like things to consider, so it's like it's not like you're just going to be punching leads. You're going to be also gaining knowledge from the people that you're working with, especially if they're good people. Um, They should be kind of teaching you the ways because you're bringing them money too. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's a win-win all the way through. Um, But you know, I, I, I totally agree. I think, um, I think going into this year, it's, it's um, you want to make as much money because you know, with the market shifting, Mm -hmm. you don't know what, what to expect.
1: Right. Right. And um, you know, that's, that's the best way. Like, it's okay, let's say you're teaming up with somebody, they have the buyer, that's on the dispo side. So if mm-hmm. you decide to go on the market, like you said, you know, list source hack always, hack. you know, look that up. Um, you know, we also um, eventually will provide a, a resource for that as well too. But, um, you know, I think for people that are very new in doing this this business and trying to find a hot market is you know i think i found all my deals through that list source hack right
0: yeah so
1: um that was good and then when i started to do more networking it was um okay um this realtor couldn't sell this house and then you know uh got me in this area so um, if let's say you are in a totally new market, you don't have any relationships, no one else is in that market that you know of, then it's you know things like calling the real, real the top realtor in that uh, city, right, and having conversations, say, hey, I'm a new investor um, in this market. Can you tell me a little bit more about what are the hot areas in that market, um, and get a little bit more information, just not just off that source hack. It's more like
0: digging a little bit deeper. Yeah.
1: What what's building in the area? Is there a new stadium coming there or, you know, there's a lot of things that maybe the city is has approved that is going to increase the value of these houses. So builders or, you know, rehabbers are all about, you know, purchasing in that area. So, you know, uh, that's what real estate agents are a great resource for that, um, and um, I think you can utilize it because they've they've done the research, especially if they're doing really well in that market um, for themselves. Because obviously they have the relationships with fix and flippers or builders to list these homes and you know do well for themselves. So that's that's right. another thing. If you don't have anybody or any relationship into a market that's something that you could naturally do and just have a conversation with three or four don't just rely on one you right. call three or four of them and then compare your notes and say okay this is a great market you know like if there's a highway is there a certain side of that highway you need to focus on rather than the other side because they're selling more on that highway than the other other side of the highway so right you know just like small things like that
0: Yeah. And you'll learn, um, whether you work with somebody or as you do, if you do have the the capacity to do research is it's very, there's pockets in like every market or every city that you're in, uh, where buyers, and this is why it's like, people always say, should you bring the seller or bring the lead? Yeah. Seller reach out to the sellers first and then find a buyer. Or should you find a buyer? I think in this specific market, I think maybe, uh, well backtrack when, when we started, when we started a couple years ago, it was the other way around, right? It was like just find the lead. There's plenty of mm-hmm. buyers, but now because of the market that we're in, yeah, you know, we're having to. Um, I recommend reaching out to buyers first, getting their criteria in terms of what it is that they need, and then once you have that criteria, then you can kind of build that out because I, I think that's yeah. honestly the best way to. That's the most affordable because you know people can buy all this data. Um, but if nobody's buying that area, you just wasted money for no reason. So I think that's where, you know, you can also kind of work smarter in that mm-hmm. respect and mm-hmm. gathering, like in communicating with as many buyers as possible. And again, there's so many ways you could do it. You can talk to title companies, you can talk to, uh, ask people around, uh, mm-hmm. you know, PropStream, do the prop stream hack to get like LLCs, um, you know, list source to get the areas and then reach like. These there's many many ways to get access to buyers. LinkedIn, we've talked about in the past. People who yeah. are actively buying, just reach out and be like, "Hey, I'm marking this area. What areas uh, specifically are you looking to buy in, or are you still buying this area?" And they may come back. and And I think we had Jeff on a couple weeks ago. Shout out to Jeff, uh, and he was talking about what he he started doing is like they started like calling back their buyers in mm-hmm. their markets and be like, Hey, are you still buying? Like I have some deals. And he was, he was saying like, they had one buyer in one market that was basically buying all of their deals. Like he's like, we closed like 12 deals with this buyer. And then they tell us, Hey, we're not buying there anymore. Hit us up in like three months. That's going to affect your business. That's kind of being proactive as well. Mm -hmm. So you have to be proactive in your market constantly. That's the whole point of being like a business owner is you have to adapt to the changes happening. So you when you're you're you may have to do the same process uh, over and over again. So mm-hmm. the market that you chose, maybe even if you are partnering with somebody, is is kind of slowed down. It's time to kind of reevaluate. Like, okay, what what are my buyers saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, let, let's check out this other market that's still working, and let's not put all our money in this market because nobody's buying right now. Let's work here. So once you kind of establish a process in finding a market as you learn, you can apply that same process. Um, in other markets because you probably will have to reevaluate and you, you can even be within the same market but maybe it's a different zip code now right it's a different neighborhood now so um you know this is this isn't always like one and done like once i find a market that's it it's like you're you're constantly it's constantly evolving you're constantly having to adapt so that's i think that's an important part as you're um you know as especially beginners are starting to like understand um the uh what's what's the word the um kind of like the cadence or like you know what what's what's kind of going on uh Mm -hmm. the is it predictable and for some Mm -hmm. in some ways it is um but just wanted to kind of throw that out because i think that's important part is like markets change all the Mm -hmm. time
1: yeah there's an ebb and flow with uh with the market and correct in different cities are flowing different from other cities so that's another thing is that like right the west coast is different from the east coast and the midwest and southeast Correct. or whatever the case may be so that's why um you know the the coasts are their markets are going to bounce back faster if there's a dip right, right. um and then on in the midwest <clears throat> it is going to be a lot uh takes a lot longer for them to bounce back just because you know um the the value of the houses aren't um as expensive as they are here in on the coasts, right so that's why there's 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 some lag time there but you know just understanding and you'll get that when you're new like it, it it will start to all come together um but you know when trying to decide on, you know, your, um, your market or a new market, these, these are like things that you guys need to factor in. And, you right. know, um, and these are, uh, things that we use on a daily basis too. like, you know, we're going into, cause I think I went in, I'm go- I went into the Houston, when I looked at Houston market, I was like, uh, that's another non-disclosure state. So, I just team up with somebody out there. Right. And then, you know, they, they know the market, they've been doing deals out there. So I just pull a list and then, you know, have people calling on them and then, you know, if we get a deal, then I'll send it to them. So, right. so, it's a, it, so, you know, that's just one factor. Right. Um, and it's funny, like, I never thought I'd do Hawaii, but someone sent me a deal from Hawaii and I was like, Huh, crazy and then just made me look at you know all the factors that we just talked about like right you know what is what what's what is selling what's the average price what is you know are there buyers in hawaii and then come to find out the buyers are like a it's a, a network of like family and it's very community oriented oh there. yeah hawaii is very yeah. much
0: the locals yeah totally. the locals
1: are very loyal to each other and so, um, so if you're not really really in that market like, uh, and know that really well, then it may be a little bit difficult to navigate the conversation around the seller or um, even work with a buyer because uh, you may be new or whatever. But if you have a deal, of course, they're going to talk to you. But, you know, it's just every market is going to be different on how you approach it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and, I mean, to your point, but if you're working with somebody local, Mm -hmm. you have an advantage there too. So like, you know, if you're, whether you're marketing in some area that you're not really familiar with, like for me, like calling Tennessee, for example, like, I don't know crap about, um, you (laughs) know, I've never been to Tennessee or, or I mean, I've been to Florida, but certain areas um, I'm not familiar with it, you know? And so that's where I kind of really rely on the partner I'm working with. Um, to kind of give me those insights of like, Hey, this is what you should kind of consider when you're speaking with the sellers or, or whatever they like, it's actually really, really helpful. So um, I, I know we're kind of coming up on time, but mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is um, we'll kind of, I'll kind of break it down for you guys in terms of, of tips. So um, you can research all, you know, if, if you have the capacity and you kind of want to do this on your own, I don't recommend it, but, say, you, you know, you have relationships with buyers already, um, and you want to focus on your acquisition side, um, research the areas, do the house hack or not the house hack, do the list source hack, um, see what the hot zip codes are, verify that information, like ask around it, maybe ask your buyer, ask, um, um, ask title companies, ask other investors. Uh, and then once you kind of get an idea, then you could, um, start marketing there. Um, and then understanding the the markets specifically. So you have your primary markets, which is like Los Angeles, San Francisco, Dallas. Those are really really heavy, uh, as they say, really difficult markets because everybody, all the big wholesalers, all the big investors are marketing, spending thousands of dollars a day, if anything, uh, like to to get in touch with these um, these sellers. So it's really mm-hmm. difficult. Secondary market, I think is always a sweet spot because it's kind of away from the main market. So it's like your Frisco, Texas, uh, for us it's Sacramento and California, you know, or even within L- the LA County, there's like specific areas that you can, um, be in, um, focus on those areas. Cause those are less competitive, but the main thing is like getting a, a good, a good process down. But if you want the simplest way, which is kind of what <laughs> I'm doing, and I recommend, um, is reach out with, to people, maybe that you, that you kind of like have a good understanding. Uh, obviously if you join a community, that's easy, but reach out to people in specific markets that, you know, are closing deals that you can verify their closing deals. They have relationships with buyers. They have boots on the ground. They have everything reach out to them be like, Hey, I want to work with you. I want to learn. I just, you know, whatever you need. Like, let me know what areas should I focus in? I'm going to buy a list. I'm going to market to it. And then any leads I want to work with you. Obviously you want to have a conversation first, but, um, get an understanding from them first. So it's kind of like you're gathering that their criteria because they, they get their criteria from their buyers Mm -hmm. and then pull a list and then focus on your acquisition side. Focus on your marketing like, what is it going to be? Is it going to be SMS? Is it going to be cold calling, direct mail, whatever the case may be, and build that process off of that. Get the leads, consult with your partner. Hey, I have this specific, um, I have this specific market or I have this specific lead. The seller wants this. What, what do you think is a good MAO? Get the MAO, which is a maximal allowable um, allowance, I think, or offer, sorry, maximal awesome. allowable yeah. offer. Um, meaning like this is to get like you know to get some cushion you have to be at this number. And then you come you go to the seller with that be like hey we'll have to be within this range, get it under contract and then hand it off and mm-hmm. then focus on the next deal. Imagine the time that you're saving instead of having to go through the dispo process. You're you're handing it off to somebody who already has a process set in place. So it's it's really not like rocket science it's really straightforward and this is something i'm applying to with everybody Um, like my entire business model is is being switched so focus on your process understand be consistent with that Mm -hmm. so focus on building that jv model in a way and then um tweak things as as they come you know because that's things are always going to be perfect and then focus on that like that's literally it like just do that And see see where like try that out for three months and see where that that gets you. Um, I think the hardest part, of course, is is consistency. Being consistent with that. But if you have Mm -hmm. a job, yo, like you're just handing deals off. Like you may have to still check in with the seller, of course, and answer any questions and do the JB agreement. But if I don't have to deal with researching buyers, communicating with the title company, like that's a win win. And I'm closing deals every month. Uh, and then eventually I can kind of make a choice of like, do, do I want to keep partnering up or do I want to like break off and do my own thing? Right. Uh, you know, that that's, that's the beauty of like having those options. So um, for you guys listening, I hope this was super helpful. Um, you know, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Uh, Tim, did you want to leave the audience with, with, with anything before we, uh, no, I,
1: I think you did a mic drop on that one because that was. That was hella <laughs> I literally, generous. I'm just yeah.
0: outlining what I'm doing.
1: In my <laughs> <business>. <laughs> um, and you know, it's I think uh, if you take all everything that we talked about today, and apply it to you, your business, or if you're just starting out, uh, helping people um, or JVing with people is probably the right way to go in a certain market as well, too. But um, you know. Uh, you know if you need to go to you know youtube list source hack um that'll that'll find the top you know zip codes in that area pull a list and start you know calling that list and then you know just jv and uh, on that um but also i wanted one point i did want to touch on was the JVing part will help your momentum in your business too correct because if you if you are doing deals by yourself and then you're you're having a a you know a dry spell but you're able to actually jv with somebody and do a deal that's just going to help your momentum with your business go that's further a great point.
0: that's so, a really really great point and i think that's that was my biggest motivator in all of this um <laughs> he just said tim looking like my homes bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you right baby
0: <laughs> I love that. Uh, but that, that's a great point. I think, um, momentum as you learn, as you start, get started in, in this business is the biggest thing because we've all been through it where it's like we close a deal and then our next deal doesn't, we don't see our next deal six months later, a year later. Right. And that's that momentum. It's because maybe you lost steam stuff came up and like, you just paused and mm-hmm. like, you know, cause life happens sometimes. Um, but if you can like work on these deals where it's like, Hey, I'm just handing you off the the contracts or these leads. And then I'm just collecting the rest. You're able, you can literally close like a deal every month doing that, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. by doing that. And, um, like you can close up to, I mean, I know people probably like 40,000 a month. Imagine like 10 grand, 10 grand every month. Um, or, you know, up up to that, at least. So imagine even an extra $5,000 a month would do to you. Like, how would that change your life having an extra $5,000 from just closing a deal? So mm-hmm. um, keep that momentum is what's going to keep you going. It's, it's, it's gonna, because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go through your pitfalls, not every deal is gonna close. So you have to keep the deal flow going and what better way than to partner up with somebody. So really, really great point. Um, but hope you guys had a great, great, um, have a great day. Hope you guys got a lot out of this as well. We'll be back next week. Uh, we're kind of leaning into the end of the month. We do have some guests lined up for March. So really, really excited for that. Uh, stay tuned for those updates, but, uh, feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions and don't forget to follow us on, uh, IG uh click like subscribe do all the things on youtube um you know we, we we're here for the people so uh hope you guys have a great rest of your week we'll connect with you guys uh then and uh yeah have fun uh virtually from the couch enjoying the the parade today
1: there you go thank <laughs> you thank you all right so yeah uh, i um You know, to end it, you know, thank you guys for tapping in today. Um, You know, I hope this helped you out, but uh, we'll be back next week as well. Giving you more gems. We're excited to be back next week. So, um, yeah, you guys have a good week and we'll see you then.
0: All right. Later, guys.